0: I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. You cannot force someone to take a vaccine. There are a number of people, for one reason or other, who just do not want to comply and get vaccinated. We've got to get them vaccinated. You cannot force someone. And hopefully they will do it willingly. You cannot force someone. If not, there will have to be things that will essentially put pressure on them. You cannot force someone. Such as... You're not going to work in this particular agency or institution. You cannot force someone. You're not going to be able to go to this college or this university. You cannot force someone. Unless, in fact, you get vaccinated. (laughs) And I believe that once we start doing that, you will see more and more people willingly get vaccinated. Willingly, willingly, willingly get vaccinated.
1: Los Angeles schools are talking about requiring vaccines for children 12 and up. Is that a a model you think would be useful for other schools around the country? Uh, Lester, I
0: do. You cannot force someone. I, I do believe that that's the case. And this is not anything new. We have requirements for vaccination for a number of other diseases. You cannot force someone. In the school system. So it would not be a unique situation to have requirements of children 12 years old and older to have the vaccination for COVID-19. You cannot force someone.
2: Some of you may know already, but I am no longer single, okay? I'm off the market, and I'm gonna introduce you to him right now. Let's just get it over with, okay? One, two, three, go. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Don't
3: ever leave me. (laughs) The masks
0: are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. But There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Do we need a national mandate or not? Yes. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. This is a physical covering to prevent uh, uh, droplets and virus to get in. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, You put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more
3: effective. (laughs) I have people watching Everyone go through this
4: again.
5: Yeah. <laughs> vaccine. I feel bad for this kid. Help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks <sighs> and we'll have to stay distant. We will wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Fauci, yes. Promise us, please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this
3: disease. Restrictions lift with some ease, Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. This is the best setup
4: we've ever had. I love it so much. Why does this kid remind me of so many people on Twitter? I, he's the autistic freak on Twitter. There, there he is. Okay, that's I, I can't do any more of that. Uh, this is the rundown I don't any more of that. <laughs> yeah, It's the 15th of October he believes believe it's the 15th of October? Good news, uh, Vatican III has started this week We're really excited about that Vatican III Council yes. Well, they're not calling it Vatican III They're calling it the, what well, What are they calling it? Synod of the, Synod of Synod synod of, synod. synod of Synodality And I finally have I there's, there's a cleric who best explains What the Synod on Synodality Actually is There he is
3: okay now i understand yeah. the
4: Sox. love the red socks okay anyway uh brother martin synod on synodality is this like having a board meeting about board meetings <laughs> it
6: exactly is but it's, it's definitely a, a way to, to subvert um i mean the tradition of the catholic faith it's a meeting it's democracy it's democracy in, in a monarchical institution precisely because the monarch wants to portray that he has the consensus the census fidelium to make the church something completely different than what it was um as i forget the dominican priest uh Skungard uh, said we don't need, need to create a new church we need to create a different church um, it's just a way for them to, to gather consensus or portray that they've gathered the consensus as uh, has been evidenced in previous synods. Um, the final report is already written and they're just going to go through steps to make it look like that it was authentic development. It was something organic. It was something inspired by the Holy spirit because everybody came together to agree on the same stuff. Who knows what, what the official outcome is going to be. Um, every synod that has happened in this specific, has been a, just a complete disaster. Um, uh, but we'll see what we're gonna to have to face in in a f- in a few years. I mean, it's gonna be like a three year process
0: so
4: what what do you think uh what do you think is gonna be the worst possible outcome, Ryan, in terms of what we see from this synodon synodality
1: right? I don't know. It's hard to say because any anything you could predict that would be the worst outcome they can one-up that and make it even worse than that. I can tell you what we are not going to see. We are not going to see this a, a document that is orthodox and clear, that uh, lays out the uh, the nature and the structure of the church for the modern world to, to look and say, oh, well, that's, that's the truth. They're not going to get, uh, put out any goads to inspire us to go out and convert the world to live holy lives to practice mental prayer and and mystical contemplation daily. Mm -hmm. They're not going to give anything on reverent liturgy and inviting the world into the love of Jesus Christ. You know, more than likely we're going to have instead running in tandem with uh, the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum and all these, um, the establishment of the COVID religion, the establishment of the climate religion, right, which we, I mean, we've already seen that in the past, but it's going to come to the forefront because watch the shift from COVID to climate, and likewise, watch the Synod set up the climate religion as the end goal. So you're going to see kind of this culmination of, uh, you know, Francis's papacy going back to Laudato Si. And all is buddying up with, positively wicked, uh, pro-abortion people that want to worship Moloch and really believe the world needs to be, you know, 500,000 people and no more, lest, you know, destroy the planet. So uh oh, looks like he, uh, all right, this is our show now, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve, your Matt. turn.
3: So Steve,
6: what
1: I do you literally think? Quit. What
3: I
4: quit after that. I was like, I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I'm sure some of you have noticed we're using a brand new setup for the run now. This is the first time we are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, I think next week we'll be live on Odyssey as well. Really excited about all this. we were Just getting ready downside, to take over. Though the downside is I, I'm using a Mac. I've never used a Mac before. I had a I had a very solid benefactor make a make a uh, fairly large donation to RTF, and I was able to buy a new computer. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get the Mac because that's what I need. And as you can tell, it's way better. Except I don't really know how the mouse works, and I keep exiting <laughs> the stream, but. Oh, I was going to play These this cool video, right too.
3: Click.
4: Steve, uh, your turn.
7: <laughs> 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 nah, I mean, I, I've given the uh, uh, the Synod literally zero seconds of my life the last week and a half. I've seen many people talk about it, but I haven't checked it out. I'm more interested in what's going on with that transhumanism uh, conference coming up in a week and a half. And as Ryan mentioned, this is all coming uh, coming in together with the uh, climate change garbage. Uh, well, we can't say climate change because that's a new YouTube uh, trigger. <clears throat> but you saw when Pelosi went out there. What was she out there for? Talk about climate change. Turkson went out. Cardinal Kami Turkson, who's the basically the WEF poster child priest for, uh, you know, for Schwab and, you know, the Holy father, unfortunately, is right there lockstep with them. This is all going to be – you saw MasterCard. I don't know if you all saw that. I had it on Clown Play a couple weeks ago. Yeah. MasterCard's coming out with a card that will stop the letting you use it after you reach your carbon output. You got to let – it's a social – Why am
4: I getting so much hate for having a Mac?
7: <laughs>
4: what? <laughs> I mean, speaking of the climate change, this is this is the mass. This is the mass in Germany. They created an altar out of dirt. A dirt altar. Is not it cool? We can talk over these videos now. We can watch yeah, them together. Right. We, we could uh, criticize we them, can all them together. Do you guys think? Do you guys think that we could maybe one time like just watch a movie and then the four of us just commentate on it? <laughs> <laughs> only if it's like Cinderella Man or something. Like
3: that. <laughs> yeah. Only if it's a good one
4: uh so yeah uh, we're gonna see cl- we're gonna see uh, can i not i can't say climate variants can i say climate variance?
7: they're just going after the deniers. so
4: as, oh, long, okay. we can video as long as we don't say the climate isn't changing but we know the climate is changing it's it's the sun the sun causes the weather to change like right now it's becoming full ah, there's a climate change <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible it's incredible um okay uh economics are part of our part of our top story tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, the White House, thankfully, is totally um, sane about economics. (laughs) And thankfully, they have uh, the best spokesperson they can telling you that everything's gonna be okay.
2: Thanks, Jen. Uh, I want to follow up on an earlier question. You referenced Speaker Pelosi's press conference this morning. Yeah. It seemed like she somewhat backtracked from her message yesterday about what you know sort of path Democrats would need to take if there are fewer dollars. It seemed like she was indicating that programs, uh, fewer programs done well would be the preference. But then this morning said that uh, the first thing to go would be the timeline. So has the president given any sort of a, a push in, in either direction on this? This is all part of the discussion. And I I will let you uh, convey or ask questions of Speaker Pelosi yourself. She's, as as we see, saw this morning, more than capable of speaking on her own behalf. Um, But what she was conveying is that, while it was the preference, her preference, the president's preference to have um, the initial package proposed. Uh, what our focus now is on is uh, building a real, tangible package that can become law and is going to make a transformational difference in people's lives. So I understand, and we all know why we're talking here about the size and and the cuts, etc. But uh, a cut, uh, it's not a cut uh, just because someone once proposed something bigger on paper. It's not a pa- It's not a bill or a Policy that's going to change lives if nothing is passed, and that's what we're working through. There's a lot of ways to do that, and that's the discussion she's having with her caucus, and the president is, of course, playing a prominent role in. So the president doesn't prefer then one avenue or the other. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy, and he Uh-oh. feels coming out of the pandemic she just is the exactly the time to do that. And if we don't do it now,
5: is if- what my Dollar Tree looked <laughs> like the other day. Orange.
2: In the shelves
5: were almost bare. Why <laughs> are
4: they really playing this Indian music in the background? That's the fundamental change in the economy that she's promising, guys. How I remember how many when Obama people- said that. Remember Obama saying he that. Did. You want a fundamental change. You want a structural change in the economy. How many of you have actually experienced this? Leave a comment in the live chat and um, I can actually like take your comments and show it on the screen. It's so fun. Oh, um, you no, know, but really, who's gone to the grocery store and seen empty shelves and stuff? I, thankfully, uh, I, I have not seen that where I've where I've gone. John Thanks. says my H B was bare this weekend. That means hey, John, we know you're in Texas. H E B going to get score. Love Texas. Love H E B.
6: I went to Dollar General. Empty shelves. Oh really? Dollar General. Every oh. small town in the United States. You're not. A, you're not a real small town if you don't have a Dollar General.
7: Oh, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, <I don't>
4: <laughs> this is the, this showered <laughs>
7: after you went out.
4: Is this the fundamental change that they want? They want, why do they want to take away our cheap made in China goods, guys? Why do they? This
7: is a controlled demolition. This this is WEF. This is the reset. All if you pay any attention to the last year and listen to the, the thing I put together with uh, Lofton on the re, great reset, it took about an hour and a half of that. Listen to Corbett, listen to those uh, uh, Vagabond, all this. You, this is nothing new, this is nothing shocking. You're seeing it unfold right before our eyes, the the destruction of the, the dollar. You got the guy with the IBS, it's literally saying they want to destroy the destroy the dollar. Come up with something so they can have the power to control how people use it because they cannot track how somebody uses a hundred dollar. He uses a hundred dollar bill. Say like uh, brother went to uh, Dollar General and he paid cash 10 ten dollar cash or uh, gave somebody uh, outside of market. Ten dollars in exchange for another good. You can't track that. That's that's that undercut. It's almost like tips at a a restaurant. You don't track the tips if it's cash. Mm -hmm. They got to track every freaking thing that's going to go on in your life for the rest of your lives. If we let this go on, they got smart toilets coming, so that if you have, if you use, if you use a go number two or whatever, they'll be able to see what's in your stool, be able to know if you got a virus or not, if you got a uh, got an injection or not. Or, or
4: if you're eating too much meat, the war on meat continues. That's part of it. It says steak is going to be a luxury for birthdays only. If you have too much red protein fiber in your stools, your smart toilet's going to
5: tell on you,
4: man, <laughs> government. I mean, that's literally coming. Is this another prediction? You know, I, I, I started making a list of the predictions that the rundown has made over the last 18 months. And uh, I go out to Twitter every now and then. And I'm like, hey, we predicted this in November 2020 or whatever. You know, like when people are like guffawing about, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe we're talking about smart poop <laughs> on the rundown. When smart poop is a thing in like three years, we're going to go back to this episode October 15th, 2021, Ryan Grant, <laughs> talking about your toilet telling on you, tattletale toilet. Right. <laughs>
1: It, it it's something that ties into a lot of the technology they've been working on, and it's in a good number of journals, uh, you know, Science, Nature, all, the, all these different places. They published articles on it, and the, what what the smart toilet does is tie into the technocratic system, and which is already built on several things. You know, Obamacare was one of the first things that really built. The technocratic system it was designed to puts all the little things in place for all its failures and its increases in prices the point was to create a system that is going to aggregate uh, all the information to create and it tied in with the education system to be able to follow you uh, basically cradle to grave on everything so then it's ready to receive new information so the um the the maga jab is one of the areas where that ties in and of course you have like you know Companies, they know you haven't gotten the MAGA jab. Why? Well, you your name's not on file. Well, that's illegal. That's against HIPAA. Doesn't matter, right? They're doing that. So all these things in the smart toilet will be kind of, you know, be a check on a number of things going on inside of you biologically because some of the stuff in the jab, in the MAGA jab, is designed to work with, uh, you know, the technology that they're creating, biofilm and all these things that will receive and send information to computers and it will all be algorithms. It's not going to be like the Simpsons movie or the NSA is like this cubicle, 10 football fields long, mm-hmm. all these guys, you know, in there listening to everyone's conversations. It's all, it's all automated. It's all computers. And then it'll flag when people need to see it. It's going to give you an alert. You need to take your, your meds. Now you need to go to, uh, you know, this doctor appointment. Hey, if you, uh, you know, bring your child's, uh, tooth that fell out to the dispensary dentists, whatever, then you'll get an extra credit on your ration card this month um but you will have no wealth you will have no ability to earn wealth you'll have no ability to pass on that wealth your credits will expire every month because that's what the uh, the original founders of the technocratic system laid out all the way back in the 30s and that's what they're going to try to implement now for, you know finishing with cbdc
5: okay <laughs> well, actually let's
1: talk about meat because i just spent all last night talking about that. <laughs> what? a direct quote
3: from
4: the rundown guys let's talk about meat <laughs> <laughs> this is friday but <laughs> uh speaking of being in compliance being in compliance and making sure that you have taken your Fauci, ouchie, your maggot jab as ryan says um the good news is is that if you Experience any adverse effects of the jab? We now know what happens to you.
8: Thank you for calling Pfizer. If this is a medical emergency, please hang up and
5: dial nine one one. For medical
8: information, this is RJ. How can I assist you today? Oh, hello, RJ. My name is Spiro. I'm recording this call for uh, you know public record, but uh, I just wanted to uh, had a couple questions for you. Yeah, I have some questions uh, regarding the. Uh, Liability. Does Pfizer's liability change at all in regards to the FDA approval? All right, well, I'd be very much willing to look into that for you as well. Would it be
5: okay if I could just place
8: you once more on a brief culture as I verify information about it? Yeah, sure, RJ.
4: Guys, I'm loving this so much. <laughs> <laughs> so many new fun toys and tools. You know, we're live on three platforms right now. Is anybody watching on Twitter? Yes, ma'am. Hi, sir. So with regards to
8: your increase, sir, there are no differences in the liability protections of the product Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 vaccine or community. Essentially what you're saying is that um uh the uh Pfizer vaccine that is under experimental use authorization and the FDA-approved Pfizer vaccine, the community vaccine, uh, both are, pro, uh, Pfizer is protected from liability by, uh, from both shots um, if someone experiences adverse events, I, I know they're rare, Pfizer is protected either way under the PrEP Act, right, regardless of which shot it is. As I have mentioned, sir, there are no differences in the liability protections of both the products the Pfizer, BioSecurity, vaccine, or Kubernetes, sir. The the liability protections are afforded under the FAT Act and are tied to the declared public health emergency.
4: Okay, so if you sustain an injury, however unlikely that is, uh, you can't call Pfizer. You can't call the government who's mandating it. You can't call your employer who's complying with these uh, fake mandates, Steve Cunningham. Who are
7: you going to call, Steve? Uh, I was just going to say Ghostbusters. That's <laughs> the, the, the correct answer to that question. Uh, now, you notice like even Delta, there's pilots who are reported dying or having adverse cyber effects while flying. And you see Southwest guys, there are you know thousand flights uh going down and again it goes back to controlled demolition <clears throat> but there was a that doctor not doctor that uh uh undertaker in england and a very good uh point about why do you see one person here and maybe eight or nine not getting it there become nothing's happened to all these other but but all these uh, we got all these adverse side effects happening why is it with everybody and he's mentioned he mentioned in his uh uh interviews i don't know if y'all saw that or not that he th- he says is basically like every tenth one is the real thing, and they do- they're doing that to get that uh, all these guys that are taking it going hey look I'm good I took the I took two of them I'm good to go yeah as basically they're the new salesman for it they're like, basically like the evangelists for the propaganda so that when you get the boosters and when that comes out you maybe your luck runs out or maybe that instead of one every ten it's two or three every ten. that's when you start seeing the bodies that are going to start dropping. These these businesses that are putting it, again, all you got to do is go to the WEF website, click on partners. I guarantee you swing a dead cat, the cat that comes in headbanging at the end, swing that dead cat, you're going to hit a company that's on a partner's thing. Every one of these guys are in with this reset thing.
4: Yeah, they're all in it.
7: Delta. You name it. I think the only group that came out recently was uh, what's that? Uh, Intel. Intel basically told everyone, uh, we're, you, you know, there's, they're not gonna mandate it to anybody like that. Everyone else, you bet, it, they're coming down hard. So here, here's here's um an interesting I think uh,
4: discussion point, and maybe we can go all the all the way around on this one it seems like we are seeing people stand in solidarity with each other, like at Southwest airlines, for example, Mm -hmm. and say, I'm not going to do it. And when that happens, they end up seeing success and earning for themselves and for their compatriots, even those who maybe didn't stand shoulder to shoulder with them, the ability to, um, to avoid this jab date mandate. Um, My question is, do you think that, uh, you know, in general, people need to die on this hill? I'll start with you, Ryan Grant.
1: Um, Die on this hill as in we're going to fight the MAGA jab mandates for work. Is that that was the question?
4: Yeah, we fight the yeah. fight the mandates no matter what and right. and also like be willing to make deep deep sacrifices for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The the fact is if you don't if we don't make this the hill we die on. and freaking my hills a few hills back, but whatever. Um better late than never. If if we do not make this the hill we die on, that that you know hell no we will not uh you know take this and uh we will give up our jobs rather than get this. Um if we don't do that, then you know essentially they'll win. and it'll be the next thing and the next thing. And this state of emergency will never go away. We will have allowed them to put into place a system where they get to decide our medical treatment and we have no say in the matter, even if it's bad for us, even if it's not helpful for us, even if they're going to find out a year or two down the road away oh, that actually wasn't a good idea. Nope, too late. Your life's done. Sorry. Um, that that's the world we're going into. Um, and so this, this phony state of emergency, emergency use, whatever you're going to use this or else, you're going to lose your job. Mm. They can do that with anything, no matter what it is. All right. And so, and it will never go away. So if you're still thinking, you know, 14 days of 180, months, uh, you know, 18 months to flatten the curve or whatever it is, um, don't, it's not going to mm. happen. None well, of this. Follow, I'll have question
4: ahead. for you, like. As far as I can tell, none none of the four of us are trained attorneys on this um, on this fab four rundown live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. But as far as I can tell, Ryan, um, there's no legal basis for this mandate. There's no actual mandate. It's just a press release. It's literally just a press release. It's, It's Biden coming out and saying, hey, I want this thing to happen. He didn't even put it an executive order out. I'm not sure how he can. But he said, anybody over 100 employees has to do it. And a lot of people are complying with a
1: press release. Basically, I mean, well, it's like this. There, there's no such thing as residual authority, right? Because ultimately, once people stop believing in the magic of the, the, the funny badges, the funny uniforms, whatever it happens to be, uh, then that, that authority evaporates, right? Right. But if you do believe in it, it it it, it take it's reified basically in, in the fact that now you you know people are following it and it seems to exist. So this is one another one of those cases where, yeah, he could give a press release. It's not even a law. Whether he could do it, I mean, apart from any questions of health, or people want to go to Jacobson versus Massachusetts, I don't even want to bring that one up just now. But uh ultimately, whatever you're gonna say about that, he hasn't actually put anything into law that you have to follow. So if you don't follow it, what is he going to do? Probably they're going to have the Department of Labor fine you or the IRS fine you, who knows whoever it is, fine you into oblivion until you comply with it. That may be the tactic they take. It may not be. But if that happens, and people start complying, well, it really doesn't matter if he put the law in properly by formal channels, If he just gets out there and, you know, in the midst of trying to remember exactly who he is and where he is, says, oh, yeah, you've got to do this. If it's going to be followed, then it may as well really, uh, you know, they're treating it like a law. So it might be illegal. But again, laws and constitutions, they're just pieces of paper unless somebody actually wants to enforce it. And, you know, as we've seen in so many different ways, unless it's murdering babies in the womb, nobody has the will to enforce constitutional protections. Mm -hmm.
4: yeah no i think you're right um steve i suspect you're also going to say die on the hill but don't you have any mercy for people who you know are in a particular career they have a limited skill set this is all they know we're talking about putting food on the table we're talking about uh, a trad family with nine children i mean
7: what is your take there well like ryan we we were dying on the hill long ago i mean you should have been dying on that mask hill that should have been the hill that no one should have gone past right then i was getting messages back then of uh people saying when we do get fired for not for not wearing a muzzle i, I would respond well you're gonna get fired for not taking the jab pick one what you want what are you gonna do <laughs> now i know guys that are getting creative and are finding other ways to work working for themselves. Um, Maybe you come and travel, uh, uh, travel docs, like, uh, on, on their own independent <clears throat> ways like that. There's ways you can get creative. So it's not just one, you know, you <clears throat> know, this is happening. Oh, you know, what am I going to do after that? You can get creative. Now I'm not saying, oh, hey, t- sucks to be you because we're all going to be in the same boat. We're going to be up the Creek without a paddle. And we're all going to be on that same boat. It's going to happen. It's going to get much, much worse. If you look around the uh, world, you see that's why Australians are literally, you know, I don't know how they haven't torched the capitals yet. As mad as those guys are. Um, Mm -hmm. France, you see Slovakia the other day, uh, Milan, uh, Rome, uh, everybody in the world, it seems in the Western speaking world. I mean, the Africans aren't doing it because they're they're literally pushing. They, they got get, they're getting their leaders killed for standing up against it. <clears throat> but you see everybody, but the United States, New Yorkers are. That's it. Why? It, it goes back to we haven't gotten hit enough here. Southwest, all right. That's a that's, that's that's a start. Thankfully, the rebellion is kind of starting that way. You see NBA players having more guts than most Christians out there standing firm on the, we're not taking the jab. Yeah, hey, guys, no, well, even guys, what even guys, a playtime to not take the jab. They're literally going to quit. And one guy, Kyrie Irving said, I'll retire before I get it.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: The other guy, Jonathan, I forget his name. He was one of the guys that stood up during the uh, black lives matter thing. He was going to, he he's one of those guys that ain't going to get told what to do by his, by even peer pressure. <clears throat> they have more guts and spine than most of us.
3: Yeah. How
7: many of us are gonna turn down $20 million? You said, Stephen A. Smith make eight million dollars just to talk about a game, talk about sports. He never played really. Yeah. And he's out there busting all the guys uh, you know backs, of uh, spines about doing, you know, hey, I, these guys had to be unselfish. Dude's going try he's literally gonna give up a 30 million dollar lucrative job of playing point guard because he won't take the experimental injection. How many of us would do that?
4: Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, look, uh, here we go. Um, Brother Martin, is this a hill of die on? Would you sacrifice your career? Is it worth it to potentially suffer deeply, uh, not be able to put food on the table? Um, potentially even worse, lose your house, lose everything over this, over this jab?
6: I mean, you're asking a guy who did all of this preemptively at the age of 21, <laughs> not, not knowing where God would take him and any of what he did. Um, I mean, willingly take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience um, to follow wherever our Lord took him. Th- this, is, this is how radical the gospel is. I mean, every single day for the office of prime, because I pray the traditional bravery, we read stories of, the early Roman martyrs and everything that had to suffer from being thrown into burning pots of oil uh, and surviving that so much to the point where their, the emperors got frustrated at the fact that each and every single time they tried to kill them, they wouldn't die. And so they just had to cut their heads off. Um, eventually you're going to die. Let me tell you that eventually you're going to die. And the people that want to kill you will kill you. Um, but it will be such a heroic and miraculous death that your name will be placed in the martyrology that people 2000 years from now will be reading your story. Um, is this the hill to die on? Is, is this, I mean, yeah. I mean, the gospel is certainly a hill to die on. I mean, the Sermon of the Mount is certainly a hill to die on. Um, we were, you guys, everybody here on the rundown was saying over a year ago that, you know, sure, we didn't know what coronavirus was then, over a year ago, um, because it was brand new. But what we did know is that when we accepted the lockdowns point blank, simply because the governments could could mandate them, we would be giving up freedoms that later on they will take from from us and that we could never give back. And a year later, here we are still talking about rights that we have that we can never give back because we we given them, gave them up over a year ago. We we let the government dictate to us what our rights are when really they, they, they come from the natural law and what we are as human beings. Um, but now, now we've, we've, we've given that duty over to to the government to tell us what our rights are and what they're not. Um, what we can do, what we cannot. And and so here we are. So in one sense, we're already too late to be honest. We're already too late, but let's, let's try to say what we can in, in in standing up for this.
4: I do have to say it is tough. It is tough to at least claim a religious exemption in a lot of ways, because you have Pope Francis saying that it's an act of charity to take the jab. You have most bishops in the USCCB and around the world saying that there's nothing wrong with taking the jab. In fact, to my knowledge the 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 most prominent bishop or archbishop to at least give you a uh, a moral out is the archbishop of the US military service who did a 100% about face and he said uh actually uh guys although i think you can take the jab i think it's morally licit i think it's a good thing he places primacy on conscience he says you can you can, uh, according to your conscience, if your conscience tells you not to take the jab, this is Vatican IIism. This is uh, this is Vatican II theology, uh, that your conscience is more important than the truth. But if your conscience tells you something, then you got to follow it. So at least the guy is consistent, even though he's a little late to the game because the uh, active duty military all had to get jabbed by September 15th. So in some ways, this is Archbishop Bergoglio is his name, Uh Doing too little too late.
7: Hey, um, now you, know, you got fire that, departments quitting, threatening to quit, police departments quitting, multiple cities. Again, it goes back to controlled demolition. They want this to happen. Why, I mean, why would you get rid of a bunch of nurses in the middle of the worst pandemic in the history of the world, as they say? Yeah. And, but no, but 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 he, just, he, just the other day, for example, we tried taking our kid, he was hacking up a lung to the local dock in the box on a Saturday. They wouldn't let him in because he was coughing and had a runny nose. When are you supposed to go to one of these places? When you're feeling good? You don't go to you don't go to the, the dock in the box when you're like, you know, it's just sunny. I think I'm going to get a uh, lemonade and go see how the guys are doing down at the you know, whatever <laughs> crack in the box down there. They wouldn't let him in. They told him to go to the ER. So, again, I, and we called another nurse friend, and they go, no, no wonder everybody's saying that. Everything's getting overrun. You're not seeing anybody. at the, They're not let, letting anybody come in to get seen in there, but unless you want to get shot in your arm, all good for that. They'll take your money mm-hmm. and bring you in and give you a drink while you do it. You actually need to just get, listen to a heart, listen to your lungs move along move along go you'll come in when you've got blue lips or anything like that then we'll put you in there but when they get rid of the nurses and they say oh we're overrun it's because they got no right. more nurses they got to cut off all the beds because they don't have anybody coming in because they're it's not like waiting tables where you can bust out 20 tables or mm-hmm. one they only yeah. get to sign an x no. number of beds for each one you're gonna you're gonna see especially when this winter when the uh the cold and flu season hits Dude, it's gonna
4: get nasty here. Well, as as Melanie Shoemaker in the live chat says, we'll always be in the middle
7: of a scamdemic. Well, yeah, I mean, it, ten years ago, the WEF, not the W F, the CDC changed the definition of what a pandemic is to yeah. zero deaths. Zero deaths. It used to be eight percent. Used to be eight percent lethality, but, but
4: we never even approached that uh, with this particular. Now we got to be careful because we're on the YouTubes right now. We're on the YouTube, so we got to be careful about what we say. I was going to say something else about the vaccines, but that's okay. We can continue to move down the line, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, next up on the plate. Hey, did you know that Pope John Paul II, while he was still a cardinal and not yet elected pope, in secret, in secret, he went out and he did something... He consecrated men to the Episcopacy. He ordained men to the priesthood. He did so so that the faith could survive behind the Iron Curtain. He did it in Czechoslovakia, which at that time was on the verge of snuffing out the Catholic faith. Brother Martin, does this mean that Pope John Paul II was a secret schiz?
6: In one sense, yes. Um, he ordained priests. For Czechoslovakia, um, it was Cardinal Slipki who he was, I guess, very uh, very good friends with that uh, actually consecrated the, the bishops. But that cardinal was actually in Rome. Rome played a, a very a very uh, interesting game, and this is this is the way Rome works. Uh, cardinal S- Slipki was uh, detained, was arrested, and was in prison for like twenty years for being Catholic and in, and in, in behind that Iron Curtain, and. Rome didn't want him to do anything crazy. So what they did was invite in, invited him to Rome for a meeting. And so once he was in Rome, they captured him. They wouldn't let him go back. Um, but his love for his people was still was still there. And he says, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to have the sacraments. You know, his, his mind was on the sacraments, the people, the suffering people. And so he consecrated three bishops without a papal mandate, which Eastern code, Western code
4: is uh, an excommunicable offense. And that was according to the 1917 Code of Canon Law. Lest we forget, when he did this, this was the 1917 Code of Canon Law, which was much more clear, much more explicit than the fuzzy wuzzy 1983 Code, Feel Good Code, under which Archbishop Lefebvre did the same thing. So you go back to the 17 Code, we're not, I mean, this is very cut and dry. They were opposing Pope Paul VI, who they tell us is a saint. Cardinal I mean, Slipy. Well,
6: he was he was under the Eastern codes, but nonetheless, it was the same because Pope Pius the the twelfth wrote in um, in a cyclical regarding the, the communist bishops because this he, he made this explicit whenever the the Patriotic Church of China um, was consecrated in bishops, which are now in communion with Rome of all things, um, were consecrated in bishops. He was saying, listen, the Pope has universal jurisdiction, immediate jurisdiction over all of the particular churches. In order for a bishop to be explicitly in communion with Rome and therefore receive its jurisdiction, the Pope has to re- approve of this particular bishop. The Pope didn't. Pope Paul VI did not approve of the bishops consecrated by Cardinal Slipki. He did something that, under the Eastern Code, Western Code, was explicitly schismatic, explicitly schismatic, and incurred automatic excommunication. But Pope Paul VI, knowing um, the situation, the communist situation in in the in Eastern Europe, et cetera, et cetera, just decided to do this. Just look the other way. Just look the other way. Considering the situation, um, the the real problem is is that Pope Paul VI, even though he was at the council and, ex, and and refused to explicitly condemn the real crisis in Europe at the time, which was communism, Pope John Paul II did not consider modernism to be it to be a problem. And, and there lies the truth. He did not consider modernism to be enough of a problem for Lefebvre to do what he did. Uh, but nonetheless, they did the same so, thing. To, to, the same to, codes.
4: to clarify, in the mind of Cardinal Waitola, future Pope John Paul II, communism was a scourge of the earth and an immediate threat to the faith, but modernism is not. Is that what you're saying?
6: Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what they believe. Not what I believe. I think they're both equal.
4: <laughs> hmm. Uh, Ryan Grant, this news broke on One Peter Five, based publication online. Couldn't support it any more than I do now. Um. Doctor Kwasniewski, I'm so sorry, Doctor K. Someday somebody will pronounce your name correctly. Doctor Kwasniewski broke this news. My question is, Ryan Grant. Uh, you're, you're a bit of a historian yourself Why are we just now on October 13th Two days ago the 104th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima's Miracle of the Sun Why are we just now finding out about this Don't you think we would have been using this argument For a long time
1: uh, One would have thought um, It's out there It's been buried in general writings About uh, St. John Paul II For whichever reason In uh, George Weigel's uh, big biography It's in there it's in other places, but it was give, wasn't really given much attention. It wasn't an act that anyone really highlighted or thought much of. Uh, Dr. K's article, it, it's, what I think is even more interesting than his article, is the general reception in places like uh, Twitter and uh, Fedbook and places like that, where so you have people attacking him. Even, I think it was Father Longnecker that called uh, Dr. K a set of a for even making this point. Yeah. A lot of people, they just don't understand. Uh, they didn't really read the article, frankly. Dr. K's article it basically lays out what happened these cases and says you know now this being the case disobeyed the Pope Um, can we still condemn Lefebvre and as as he says I do not and uh, but then you, you just see this wild nutty. Uh, is uh, uh, just foaming at the mouth on the Catholic left about this article. So, you know, how dare you say this? And, and of course, he's not trying to say these are all the same act. Um, you know, Cardinal Slippage, there's like slight differences, but it's very, very close. Cardinal Voitia, uh, you know, it's a different act because it was priests. Um, either way, they, there's still a disobedience that goes on there. And yet... John Paul II is now a saint, as far as, I mean, Pope Francis canonized him. And yet, you know, he did that. So why are we still hating on Lefebvre? It's a really, I think it's a really good and you know, useful argument. And basically, he's inviting everyone to reconsider this. Look, is this the worst thing that's ever been done in the history of the church? I guess only because uh, a trad did it. Um, and, and that's where I, I'd kind of, you know, point people to, you know, really consider that, that reaction. It shows us the division we're at. Um, it doesn't matter this history, uh, whether it was known before or not, it really wouldn't have mattered because people have already decided that Lefebvre must be in hell. No one's in hell except Lefebvre, you know, Bishop Barron and, and whatnot would have us believe uh, because, you know, he dared to turn back on the Sacred Cow of Vatican, too. He dared to say we should be saying this traditional mass that um, is for them an abomination, but clowns and dirt altars and mm-hmm. pachamama demon idols on the altar in St. Peter's. That's wonderful. So th- and that's really what, what we're down to. We have some people that you know it doesn't matter what Polk in t- any t- other scene. There this might wall- be one
4: more surprise yet to come oh, no. i, I, I <laughs> couldn't you said right, what do you got for <laughs> you it <laughs> what do you
3: think i couldn't not oh, do it day. Ryan. oh happy day oh happy day waiting oh, for <laughs> Okay,
4: sorry. Continue. You
1: yeah. were saying
3: vegetables <laughs> <laughs> like that,
1: box, Ryan. There, there's nothing wrong with them. But a, a solemn traditional Latin Mass. That, that's, that's terrible. We're turning back on Vatican II. We can't have that. Uh, and, and that's really the mindset. And and I think that division's only going to grow more, of course, as the synod of synods, uh, you know, the, the pre synod, pre synod, synod, whatever. That that's gonna keep widening the divisions, and I'm I'm predicting we're probably gonna see a lot of a lot more than we already have. Uh, people who were conservative, you know, neoconservatives under John Paul II, yeah, traditional mass is okay, and you know, but this is really the mass of Vatican II. You're going to see those people go more to the right a- as we go, and you're going to see the Catholic left become more and more. Father Father Zusseldorf's name for them is the uh, the new Catholic Red Guards, and every time and any news story breaks, and they all get in lockstep. To attack the faithful, you can see that that's a name that's well-deserved. I mean, it might, yeah. might be the concentration camp guards, really, before we're uh, all That's
4: no, true. I mean, Steve, Steve, if we had been talking about the secret ordinations that were happening in order to preserve tradition, in order to provide the sacraments to people, if we had known about this for the last 35 years— Do you think that would have changed the discussion at all about the at least, you know, having a data point with respect to the elephants in the room in tradition, which is Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre?
7: I don't know. I can carry a conversation without mentioning his name. So there's a lot of trash that can't pull that off. Um, I don't get it. I didn't read the article. Don't care to. It's a I don't get why everyone's all about this article. First, I don't care. I mean, okay. What's the big deal? What in the why, why, world sports we've been talking about for the last 55, 50 minutes? Way worse things to focus on. Here's fire going on right here, and we're focusing over here. Oh, whoa, 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 I, I Steve.
3: I, you Steve, guys, Steve. I don't this care is the fire in the room. Article, one,
7: two, none of us know exactly what happened. Three, is I don't get this. I don't get it. What is this? Is this like a I, well, I don't know. What is it? But, but but to be fair, though... Excommunicable offense to be hard, well, like I, that. But, I but, don't know but, the whole thing behind the JP thing, too. But do we JP. know the whole thing
6: behind Lefebvre? In am case? Do we know do the what? whole thing behind Lefebvre, then? Because we both read articles about
7: Lefebvre and what went on there. Everyone and of we both the about Lefebvre. Lefebvre. I can't walk around a track without Lefebvre, Lefebvre, Lefebvre. You talk about it all the doggone time. I don't care about it. It's This is a non... This is a non-issue. Forget it. No, no, no. It, it is, it is an absolutely answer.
6: an issue, Steve. It is absolutely an issue. It is it's Why? absolutely Why? an issue. Why? Because there are it seminaries today. Dude, I know oh, at least seven God. seminaries God. today, Steve, that are coming to me asking me, "What do they do?" Because they cannot promise to their their bishops' obedience because they cannot become modernists. They cannot celebrate the the Novus Ordo, knowing that the Pope wants to abolish. This has nothing it. To, to, do it. to, to do with theologies. The 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 it's it. everything to do with it. It's How? everything to do with it. Because they're. The, they're two different theologies, Steve. This is and a, the, this the Pope explicitly Byzantine thing.
7: Liturgy. This is the Byzantine thing. For, for one, we're not even talking about the same right.
6: Because it has to do with canon law and disobedience. That's that's how it's, it's relative. It has to do with canon law, disobedience, and the penalty of excommunication, which at that time merited eternity in hell.
5: I because mean, now, after there, the a
6: code, excommunication uh, ends at death. Which me, before eighty three, excommunication. Let me, let me, Okay, uh, okay.
7: So at a, at a I didn't minimum. say it, but somebody minimum. got excommunicated and died it that way. I'm just, but now it doesn't happen after 83. And so there's, there's these <laughs> I didn't even say the words, but I'm going to get hated on for it. Oh, no, you're nice. You know. but...
3: here's,
4: here's the question, though. One of the things that we talk about and constantly critique here on the Rundown is hypocrisy. And it's, 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 it's the, it's the rules for thee, but not for me that Ryan so eloquently states uh, every other week. And so the question is, if the man who excommunicated Lefebvre himself conducted almost precisely the same act under a stricter canon law, how is that not relevant to the conversation?
7: I'm looking at And Like I said, I didn't read the article. I've talked to other people that have, and they said it was they didn't like it. And they know the Byzantine guys and all this. Like I said, it's not the same situation. Maybe it will be down the road, but I mean— Again, this seems just too much of a, you know, a love fest for a certain somebody. And I said, I don't get it. You go to any trade conference, you, if you if you have a drinking game, you're going to be hammered. If you if you do a drinking game for Levant, I'll be honest, Steve. I'll be honest, Steve. I'll, I, I
6: the SSPX. So in one sense, I have no reason to give him any honor whatsoever. Um, I've I've only read one of his books, and that was back in 2013. When I was first kicked out of a community for praying the 1962 bravery in my bedroom, and that, that was my only offense. Uh, Again, that's
7: not the argument. No, I got a book the, of his. The, I got a book of his on the uh, on the uh, what is it? The uh, uh, what's that? Bad or uh, uh, encyclical? Uh, he's got a
6: few. I don't know. Ah, uh, shoot! It's on the right. So was it on well, the right? You've got a book of his. That means that means a lot.
7: Um, I just to say it's, it's- <laughs> It's not an argument. Okay, but this is again, this is a worthless the last 10 minutes. No,
6: it's not, Steve. And here's and here's my point, Steve. Is that as a layman, I understand you in one sense, I understand you saying that it's worthless because it doesn't affect your life. But for those actually seeking ordination, it's everything. It's death. It's everything because it means they can't live their vocation. Because it means they can't. I don't I know a lot of people that are saying that, Steve. I know a lot of people are saying that. that. I haven't but they can't say that in public because that. then they'll get kicked out of their seminaries. They won't find a place of ordination. They'll have to go to people like the old Romans or, or old Catholics or Orthodox or whatever.
3: I haven't been that and, to and get that. ordained.
6: And, and it's crazy. They'll lose everything. You know, and that and that's why when, when you're actually wanting to be a priest, it's a whole different story. It's a, an entirely different story than it is if you're just a lay person wanting to find a priest that's valid to receive the sacraments from. It's a whole different story because you're asking for ordination. You're asking, you know, to be in a sense related to a bishop. People are going to ask who ordained you, and then they're going to look at that bishop, see whether or not he's orthodox, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, oh, he was a systematic, and so I'm not going to validate you, the priest, and therefore I'm going to throw you to the curb. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to provide you any money. I'm going to do anything else. You're going to have to get your own job and, and do the. Priest Thing on the side, it means a whole lot of stuff for those who are actually seeking ordination. A
7: whole lot of stuff. I haven't met one. Again, I've, this I've, I've met life.
6: so many. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start sending them to you, Stephen And, and oh, yeah, at least, yeah, well, we so gotta, we create some well, well, anonymity well, for them because I mean I they are left scared left of putting wrong, their names out the
7: there. all the haters in the chat room now. See, I can't. You can't mention a certain somebody's name. Guys, don't hate on Steve. He's our friend. <laughs> No, we love Steve. We love his takes. And I want to bring Ryan into
4: discussion because Ryan, I know that this is something that happened like 40 years ago and that the last, you know, since 1988, anyway, the, you know, the conversation has been bent towards a certain way. And I, and I understand that Steve, why Steve says what he says that it's difficult to discuss the traditional Latin mass with all, without tipping your hat at a minimum, to the man who made it possible for all of us to have it. Because even if you don't go to the Society of St. Pius X, which I don't go to the the SSPX on a regular basis. um, If you don't go there, you go somewhere that is a derivative of the SSPX. The fraternity broke out of the SSPX. The ICK is a derivative of the SSPX. So wherever you enjoy your traditional Latin mass, you can at least tip your hat to one man And that one man was excommunicated by the guy who did something very similar to the guy who got excommunicated. Like, how is this not a story, Ryan? Am I crazy?
1: I don't think so, really. I I do think it's... um, And again, you know, I'm not pro or anti-SSPX. I I, I don't want to get into the middle of it. Um, But, you know, ultimately... The, the fact is, I mean, you can play it one way. You could say, well, if it wasn't Lefreb, God would have chosen somebody else. Um, God, you know, tradition still would have happened if it wasn't for Lefret. Well, that might be true, but materially speaking, we do have the mass because of Lefreb. Whether you love him or you hate him or you think he's the worst guy or the greatest guy ever, if you think he's a saint and is in heaven right now, reigning with Christ forever and ever, or if you think he's in hell, uh, God forbid. The reality is, that you are, you know, that you have that traditional mask because he did what he did, even if he was wrong. You know, you still have the mask because, you know, he did what he did. I actually don't, um, I don't really hate him. I don't have, you know, I don't really have a dog in that fight. I'm, you know, kind of waiting for the church to judge that. So I think it is significant that, you know, he did this. Um, If, and again, I'd actually like to go into that story a little more and find out, was there a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, On the side of Paul VI, saying, "Well, officially, I've got to deny it, but I'll kind of—I would like to kind of know that information before I gave it."
4: And that speaks—that speaks speaks directly to Steve's point, though, that we none of us were there. We don't know exactly what. One article
7: came out what 24 hours ago. Everybody's losing their minds.
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I mean that's a fair point. I no think wow. that's a fair point. I'm not because I have alcohol. Yeah, just because Weigel wrote it in a book that nobody read, which I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't blame any of you for not reading a book by Weigel. Uh is a, I used to to,
1: to to balance my table,
4: but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw at the CIC a couple weeks ago, I think I saw George Weigel books like uh stabilizing uh the tables that were wobbly <laughs> and stuff. Like so it was pretty useful for that anyway. Yeah. Um so all right. This is good. This is good that we can disagree without being disagreeable. But unfortunately, I have to do something that I don't want to do. I have to change the subject and I have to load another video. Don't raise your boys to be like this.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) <laughs> I it. no, I'm going to, to teach him a lesson uh, uh. I think the women have more uh,
4: tactics uh, Can I change it?
3: Uh, okay, it gets worse it gets,
4: it gets worse It's just a bunch of guys slapping each other This is what happens Guys, this is what happens when you don't teach your boys how to fight this is what happens when you think your boys are on their best behavior when they're behaving like girls. This is what happens when you think a boy should be inside nine hours a day behind his desk, studying something, eating. soy. boys, boys need to be outside. They need to get dirty. They need to fight Ryan. They need to just be boys. Boys need to be boys. Shoot me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just the general way. I mean, Historically, how you raised a man, and I'm not going to put myself out here because with my my two oldest uh, children are boys, and made a whole lot of mistakes on the way. But um, they they know how to throw a punch, and they know how to not like that. the The reality is, it, historically, we we passed on you know information to our boys. We passed on uh, you know culture. we passed on the learning. This you know parents would pass on the store of learning they themselves had. Or they went and got them educated somewhere else. But you taught them how to do things. You disciplined them. You made them work. You you uh, you know, you told them, no, no, you can't have these nice, pleasurable entertainments now because you have to do these other things. Whatever they happen to be. So it, it's, you know, today we don't really do that. Well, okay, they're they're playing video games. That'll be fine. Um, or they're doing this. Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, you know, they're, and you now I can do games? the things I want to do. Did you and that's what people that? do. I said people let them play video games. People oh, my gosh,
4: video day. games. Yep. Oh, Steve, what you have? The Rundown hates video games for so many reasons, and this is
7: why. This is one of them, Steve. Yeah, I never beat Mario Brothers. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I think we were the only guys on our team not to beat Mario Brothers, and everyone thought we were some like, aliens from another planet. We our roommate was able to beat it in a minute and a half and timed it. Mm-hmm. We thought that was really just amazing, but then we went on our merry way to go play something else. Um, now you see the demasculization of everyone out there. What was a Playboy just the other day? It has a guy has a play as was it a centerfold or bringing back the, the bunny outfit? A dude, a tranny. You see trannies all over the place right now. Uh, it goes back to we have lost the culture war yeah. <laughs> by. Not, it's not even funny how bad we've lost it.
4: Yeah, no, it's true.
7: Here, Here's an example of what a man should do.
4: <laughs> I love this. I wish I had driven by this and taken the video myself. I don't know who made this video. I love it, though. That's what we need more of. Instead, we got little happy, slappy little... Let's uh, go, Brandon. That's it brother brother martin you've been in a couple different religious communities uh are the guys that you have seen in religious community are they going to be slappers or are they going to be uh standing uh standing on a moral high ground and uh to the death
6: oh man slappers slappers <laughs> all the way slappers all the way that's one reason why i found my own religious community i'm tired of slappers i mean let's just do this thing this religious life while then you know the Christian let's live the Christian life. They stop playing the political game. I mean, also um, politicians are slappers. I mean, every people that try to play by rules, make up their own rules, et cetera, et cetera. No, I mean, the Christian life is, is dirty. It's difficult. It's hard. Um, slappers can't deal with it. And that's why they try to make up their own pseudo religious life, their own pseudo, whatever pseudo
1: Christianity. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> okay, guys, so does I Roman mean, there won't be any more Pope slaps. Oh, oh yeah, no. there was a pope slap. Remember that Chinese lady slap hand, slap
4: hand. Right? <laughs> oh no, he slapped her hand. Yeah, slap her. <laughs> okay, uh, when you this is this is an example. Of, everyone knows Ron DeSantis in Florida. He's he's down there in Florida. He's totally based. I kind of like the guy, although I'm you know I'm skeptical of all politicians, as you are, brother. Uh, but imagine making a political video that's supposed to mock the guy. That's literally an endorsement of this guy. Look, watch this thing. I want to vote for him if I can. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19.
8: Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever
2: purge.
1: We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. As
3: Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear
4: a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines.
3: And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever, and wherever, with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling with
2: us, and please, enjoy your forever purge. COVID-19 is surging This is the
7: time to double
2: down. The governor is doubling down. He says students shouldn't be
7: forced to wear. You know know, scare You're trying to lock. Trump supposedly said that uh, he could beat DeSantis in... 2024, which you see these guys online going, Oh, yeah, Trump's gonna win again, run again. Like
4: Jack, I can't think of his last name. Well, no, I, I Trump went to Iowa this week, didn't he? Trump went to Iowa. I mean, he's definitely gonna run again. But Steve, I mean, look, uh, DeSantis seems like a good guy. He's a Navy SEAL. I didn't know that till recently. I'm not sure why I didn't know that. Uh, they didn't have lockdowns. Uh, he, he definitely sees through the COVID agenda. But then again, there he is at the Wailing Wall, wearing the yarmulke, doing the thing, like kissing the ring. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know if I could get behind this guy, Steve.
7: Politicians are just are like babies; they, they they need to be changed for the same reasons. But he, if you see a lot of guys talking about divorce from DC, thanks, be to guy. New Hampshire's uh, trying to push it out. There's a lot of uh, state representatives uh, that are pushing it out too, as well, especially in Florida. Problem is, is DeSantis wants the big dog in DC. He wants to be, he wants to run the the entire ship. If people just get it out of their stupid minds and let DC go to hell in a handbasket and just break away, we'd be a lot better off. You can focus on your local and state, clean up your local and mm-hmm. state, and not mm-hmm. let any of these. You can end this reset by getting your local and state governments. You know, but if you're in, but. But if you're in
4: Florida, Steve, I mean, that is local and state. I mean, are you going to vote for Ron DeSantis?
7: Compared to that lady running, coming out there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, for sure. That one lady that's running against them, she's like a Polis type deal in Colorado. She'll make that, she'll make, you know, Florida look like California or Colorado. Again, there's a, there's another video. I can't remember the name of it. mentions that at the end, you know, like basically maybe politics isn't up your alley, but maybe this is a generation we better be focused on it. And so for the next generations to be able to do other things.
3: Yeah, and I
7: think they're 100% right on that. We got to get, I'm talking about for, for political reasons only, you have to be focused on your local and state governments to not, to, not to, you know, push away the religious in a sense, but you can't do much about your mission. You can't do much about your priest. You can pray for them. We should be praying more than we should be tweeting. Which I don't know how many people are doing the penance challenge that Father Mateo did for October. Probably not many. I know like ten doing it. And uh, I, I'm just trying to understand why Brother Martin is getting so many
4: votes for 2024. Why can't I get a vote? First of why all, why can't I get Mike 2024? Can I get one comment for me, in <laughs> the says Mike 2024? Just one. I just want one. Can somebody placate me, please? I'll Make do it for you, Mike. Hold mm-hmm. on. Of- <laughs> At
6: least one Mike?
4: Ryan Grant, if you're living in the state of Florida, are you voting for DeSantis?
1: Ooh. I don't know. It's challenging my principles because it becomes the sort of thing where do we want four more years to prepare or do we want communism now? <laughs> and in some ways it might actually be better to have the communism now and get it over with faster than, uh, than not. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. It's just like taking the bandaid off trust any of these guys. And I don't, and I don't believe that voting ultimately is really a solution at the very best. I could see that it's, it's it might limit the evil, but uh. is that, or is that not a good thing? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Um, so but probably I would end up, voting is like, for example, in the next election here in Idaho, we have to get our governor out. Um, otherwise, we, once he gets a second term, he is going to be as bad as anybody in Colorado. He's just trying to get to that second term so he can do it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm going to vote for the lieutenant governor when she runs and, and try to, get just to just try to limit the evil, try to keep it a longer. So probably I would do that very same thing in Florida, as much as I'm against Voting in general, except for kind of local things, that's unfortunately North Idaho is under the control of the dictatorship of Boise. Uh, we can do certain things that they don't like us doing, and they can't really do much about it. But in the long run, the um, you know got to do something, you know, at least to limit that evil a little bit.
4: Yeah, yeah. What
7: <sighs> my thing is, there, you got to be tell, in the city you live in, whatever city you are. Yeah. You're telling me there's not seven, nine people in your city that can run for your city or county and change, make, I mean, you get seven, eight guys that are like minded like us on your city board. This is no. over in your city. Your school no, it's true. It's over in yeah. your school board if you get that. You get that in your uh, state house. What, what you saw in the article the other day, most of everything that came down was not because of state legislators, it's because of governors. You get a governor that's got you a know, head on his shoulders that isn't going to cave on this, you're out of this mess.
4: No, it, well, that's a good point, Stephen. In a lot of cases, not even the governor. It's your county-level, unelected, nobody has ever heard of the county-level health official that tells you which grocery store you're allowed to go to and when and how you have to comport yourself when you are at the grocery store. I mean, these are people that are like – you know, every county or municipality or uh or parish or whatever your your local municipality is called, um, your el- your aldermen. I just found out I have two aldermen that represent me today because I-, I moved to a town of a thousand people where you don't lock your doors. And so I've got a couple aldermen that represent me. Well, I want to find out who these aldermen are, whether or not they're Catholic, whether or not they've been baptized, uh, and figure it out. And I think that's a good idea, Steve. I mean, look. Um, It's it's it wasn't even the governors. I mean, like 25 states, at least half the country uh, by 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 quantity of states anyway, by geography, didn't really have mask mandates, didn't really lock down. It was it was county by county It was municipality by municipality. So this is the time for balkanization. And the question I was going to ask, and I was a little hesitant, but now we're on a roll is. When do you think the breakup will happen, Steve? When will the balkanization come? Not That's what I want to know.
7: Not soon enough, but I, it's probably going to have to get way worse for it to happen. And people are talking about it. For those that are, well, was the article the other day was uh, uh, 38 to 40% are talking about divorce. Uh, these, she had Sarah Silverman out there talking about that on her TikTok videos. There's, it's openly being discussed. Maybe we should break apart. Maybe if we maybe we should let by you know we go over here and do our thing and us do over here. Maybe it's maybe it's the abortion issue when if this if SCOTUS uh rules in favor of Texas or, or another state, like a Miss, was it Mississippi, and uh the left doesn't like it. Maybe they're going, you know what, we're out of here. We want to kill babies this way. Go ahead. Mm. So people think it's all that all like 1860s. Jefferson talked about that in the in, in his reign when Louisiana Purchase happened. He the Northeast was going to leave, hence New New Hampshire. They're all about trying to get trying to break out, break out right now, and he was I, talking about if they want to leave. I don't.
4: I think this is an important question. Sorry, I think it's an important question. I've, I pulled it up on the screen. John asked, "What state should we move to?" I think that we should probably give some suggestions because there are at least say which states to vacate from that's probably an easier answer Ryan Grant in terms of where not to live in these United States because if you can't balkanize at least what you can do is you can get to a state that is sane that is that has sanity or at least one that is small enough to where you know look if 10 catholic families move in you could take over a county probably mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a good strategy, at least, you know, for the time being anyway, you can get get everything set up. Eventually they'll get around to you one way or another, but in the short term, there'll be, um, you know, if you get in, you control a place, then, you know, you can stop these types of things from happening. There's actually groups uh, here locally that are trying to do that, uh, with the local boards. Cause that's also what, uh, the left has done for the last 15 or 20 years, the left has moved in. And they've gotten themselves elected to everything from dog catcher to all these little local positions, and and then they do things like exploit things nobody knows about, like the fact that during an emergency, uh, you know, some states like ours, unfortunately, set up health boards that have the ability to issue dictates and mandates under the under state law um, if there's an emergency. There there wasn't one. Nobody really cared. Nobody really noticed. All of a sudden, governor declares an emergency. And then the next thing you know, the health boards are saying, yeah, we want you to wear masks. And then everyone's like, uh, no, we're not listening to you. Where do you get your authority? And turns out they actually do have that according to the state law. So we just ignored it. And uh, the sheriff said, no, yeah, we're not going to enforce it. And so because, again, the sheriffs are a huge resource unless you live in a state that's basically denuded them. So, uh, you know, look at those places strategically. If you have the freedom to move wherever you can. You know, look at getting a you know a few like minded people into a place that that's uh, don't come to Idaho, we're full. But uh, look, look at um, you know a few places like like where uh, Mike's talking about small small areas, small cities, small hamlets, and and take those over.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a good point. I tell you, word. I tell you, rundown down people. I have moved to a town of about a thousand people. <laughs> And it is fantastic. I've never been happier. Um, I, the the mail person, the mail person at the post office called my cell phone. I don't know how she got it, but it's, it's government, whatever. <laughs> she got my cell phone. And she said, hey, Mike, I just want you to know that uh, I'm not sure if you did your change of address form right because the mail carrier noticed that you had such and such, such and such street <laughs> and not such and such, such and such street On this letter, but don't worry. He caught it because he knows who you are. And so he's bringing it to your house tomorrow. But I just want, if you have any questions about your change of address, you come on in, Mike, and you help me and I'll help you and and we'll do it together. This is, uh, I I live in a town where people know who I am and I don't even know who they are. (laughs) I live in a town where people who know my last name, they say, are you related to the such and such as up 20 minutes that way? Because there's a family with your same name up that way, the same spelling and everything. (laughs) <laughs> I live in a town where people don't lock their doors. I live in a, I live in a small house with creaky floors, brick house. I love it. That's the, that's the, that's the country that we need to be living in right now. If you're living in, look, I've lived in New York. I've lived in Los Angeles. I've worked in Chicago. I've lived in Dallas. I've lived in Japan. I'm telling you right now, the best thing that any of us can do is get the hell out of the big cities Get as far away as possible. Now, I know that that means, look, the thing that you have to consider is sacraments. This goes back to the debate we already had, and I don't want to drudge that up. But we need to have at least some access to the traditional sacraments. So get as far away as you can, but make the sacrifice and drive if you have to. That's my exhortation to everybody.
6: Mike, compound versus Christendom. (laughs)
7: <laughs> hey Mike, I don't know if you saw this. New Hampshire turned down emergency relief funding from the feds. You, you, name anybody has done that? Florida oh. took it, Texas took it. New Hampshire told them uh, go pound sand. They, they <laughs> yeah. take the money. They didn't take the money. Live that's, free or die. That's Is big step right there. Wait, 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 isn't that
4: isn't that the thing? Live free or die. Mm-hmm.
7: There are thousands up there pushing to get out. There, I would suspect they'd be the first to leave. Um, well, maybe, I don't know. It's a little cold in the winter, but, uh, (laughs) listen, I don't mind
4: having four seasons. And a lot of y'all that watch this thing are down in Texas and I love Texas. Listen, I, everyone tells me Texas is so based. Texas will be awesome. There'd be no Vatican II If the Vatican were in Texas, let me tell (laughs) y'all, Texas is going to flip. It's going to flip faster than you think. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but Texas is purple right now. and It'll be blue. Soon enough, and your your wheelchair governor, I love the guy, but he is weak. Uh, you know, there's something wrong with his spine, both literally and in 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 moral sense as well. Um, he, you know, he he had this big celebration when he opened back up the state, and we're gonna we're gonna get rid of them as mandates, and we're gonna open oh, Texas is open for business, is what he said. Texas is open for business. Well, guess what? The state that I live in right now that I haven't left for years was always open for business, always open for business, never closed. It may have been some local vouchers that closed the the parts that uh, parts of the state. Uh, But I don't I don't believe. Anyway, my point is. What was my point? I forgot. Where should
6: good Catholics move?
4: Oh, yeah. That's what it's scrolling across the screen. <laughs> um, look, I think, look, e- even in, I spent the summer, many of you know, I spent the summer in the state of New York. And uh, I got to tell you, there are some based Catholics in the state of New York, especially Western New York, where I was. I spent a lot of time in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, at the Bishop of Buffalo, whispered in his ear, thank you for not. Uh, uh uh enforcing traditionis custodis. thank you for not uh going against una voce uh in buffalo they're doing it right there they're ecumenical all the parishes all the trad parishes no matter what the clan they're that's that's unite the clan in buffalo new york my point is is that everywhere even in a blue state a ruby blue state ruby red uh what's the sapphire blue uh even in a blue state like New York, there are really good people. And if you live out in the boonies, like a lot of my f- my new friends in Buffalo do, um, yeah, the homeschooling laws suck. The vaccine mandate is whatever. Uh, you don't it's not really enforced. There's no mask mandate across the state because of you know, Cuomo went down. Um, yeah, uh the, you know, the the taxes are high and all that, but the far the further away you get from the cities. And I think I think the United States is really two countries. It's rural America versus versus urban America. And, and I think that this is true no matter what state you're in. I don't care if you're in Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, California. I've spent plenty of time in California. I lived there four times as an adult. Uh, I think I think rural California, the middle of the state, the Central Valley, uh, parts of Northern California, parts of Orange County, the the High Desert. These are ruby red places. There are good Catholics there. There are great people there. So the question is, are you going to be a slave to the urbanites or not? And that's my point. My point is, I don't know that there's a good state to move to. I feel like I'm in a pretty good state where I am in the in in the heart of America. And I and I and I think that there are some good states in the South. And I but but ultimately, I don't even know if the state matters, Ryan. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if your state actually matters, because even if your state comes at you with all these uh, mandates, your local sheriff, if you're in a if you're in a based area, isn't going to enforce them.
1: No, but then the it depends on what uh, who your governor is and what they're prepared to do. Um, Will they send in the state cops to enforce it? And will the sheriff try to arrest the state cops? That would be interesting to see uh, happen. So, I mean, really, I think it's a both and rather than either or, Uh, you know, we need to try to get the entirety of the state on a a similar page. And and that's hard in some places. Really, I think Mm -hmm. the best thing you could do um, is if you hadn't if if, if it's it's, it's impossible now. But if you actually drew up your state with an electoral college of sorts of uh, every county has to to ratify new laws that come in, if you had something like that. Um, you know, you'd be able to limit the control so that you know whatever county where the big cities that has the same vote one vote as all the other counties, uh, the the ruby red rural counties, and then you know they can impose all that for their city council and their own people if they're stupid enough to to continue voting for that. But then everyone else would be left alone. And that's ultimately what we really need, but we're not going to get that, and so we have <laughs> to try to balkanize as best we can and try to affect that. Uh, no, yeah. we're not going to do it. And as long as they they judge that it's too dangerous to send in the state cops because some of them might get injured or, yeah. or worse that so we better not do this. <laughs> that's all you're going to get. I'm just you know?
4: laughing because of the comment in the live chat says, move to the middle East. Best case you get martyred to go to heaven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, <laughs> prior, get your priorities
1: straight. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that's it.
4: Yeah, all right. That's blue, you that's play right there. <laughs>
1: and some nice coffee. So, and I uh, saw so
7: <laughs> like <laughs> someone wrote in the chat uh, about that whole, uh, we get the bishops we deserve. We get the politicians we deserve. Yes, because mm-hmm. we're lazy. Yeah, they I mean, care about the NFL yeah. more than they cared about their local politi- politics. How many can name their state representative, their local representatives? Who's in their city council? Who's at their if they have a kid going to school board? Who's on the school board? Mm-hmm. Most ninety nine point nine. I was at a when I first moved to Denver. I was asked to come to a uh, one of the state reps. He was getting vote. He was uh, running, and uh, was at the parish. And I'm there two weeks. And the guy's talking about uh, Second Amendment this, Second Amendment this, First Amendment this. Wait a minute. I thought you were running for Colorado. What does the F- Bill of Rights for the federal government have anything to do with yeah. you running for the state of Colorado? I was asking the guys, right, hey, what's the gun amendment for the state of Colorado Constitution? <laughs> I no idea. I know. I, uh, two weeks there, I knew, I knew what it was. All you have to do is take five seconds to type in your state constitution, you pull it right up. We don't know any of it. We don't know. We're terrible at civics. We're terrible at all of this. And then we go, ah, well, this guy sucks. Let's just vote for Trump in 2024. Everything's going to be fine. Pass the hookah pipe. Speaking of the hookah pipe,
5: Jesus nos pide a todos. Y a ti también ser discípulos y misioneros. ¿Estás preparado? Basta con estar disponibles a su llamada y vivir unidos al Señor en las cosas más cotidianas. Trabajo, los encuentros, las ocupaciones de cada día, las casualidades de cada día, dejándonos guiar siempre por el Espíritu Santo. Si te mueve Cristo, si haces las cosas porque Cristo te guía, los demás se dan cuenta fácilmente. Y tu no te testimonio te de vayas. vida provoca admiración. Y la admiración hace que otros se pregunten, ¿cómo es posible que esto sea así? ¿De dónde le viene a esta persona el amor con el que trata a todos, la amabilidad del Señor. Recordemos que la misión no es proselitismo, sino que la misión se basa en un encuentro entre personas, en el testimonio de hombres y mujeres que dicen, yo conozco a Jesús. Me gustaría que tú también lo conocieras. Hermanos y hermanas, recemos para que cada bautizado participe en la evangelización y que cada bautizado esté disponible para la misión a través de su testimonio de vida y que este testimonio de vida tenga sabor a evangelio
3: oh my gosh
4: guys all we have to do is become clowns if we just become clowns, we'll convert people.
1: I already am, so I guess uh...
6: <laughs> they replace face paint with masks. That type of clown. You do anything
7: hey, sure. you can to get a conversation going. When you're walking down the street, if brother's going down and handing out medals, he's just he's being him. If- All I got
6: to do is walk down the street, praying the rosary, which I do in the small town that I'm in, and I have yeah. plenty of conversations with people. Even wearing yeah. my sojourn, I have plenty of conversations with the people. It's right, not. Right. It's not that hard.
7: But, Steve, are you, are you defending being a clown? <laughs> if that's so, if someone's great at being a clown and then he talks about the faith, that it's like Jeff, uh, Jeff Allen. He's a, now he's not a convert from atheism, but he'll do stand-up, and it's clean stand-up. And it is pretty much the funniest stand-up I've seen. And then at the end of it, he'll start talking about how he came from being a uh, drunk, suicidal atheist to how he uh, became basically now where he is right now. Yeah, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. People do that for baseball. People do that for you know football. People, I, they write. They do anything they can. They people talk about that their um, their faith in wherever movement they can be in. You you are wherever you can be. You use that to your advantage.
4: Uh, you got to meet people where they are, Ryan. That's the that's the new evangelization,
1: dude. dude. It's another buzzword. You know, encounter. <laughs> it's not proselytism. Is that and right? sense, proselytism. Proselytism. people they, used
4: to die for proselytism they people did. used to spill their blood for right. proselytism the, proselytism was the whole point of the Jesuit order to convert the planet to convert planet earth and how and they
3: now, do it? They did we, we don't want cut.
4: that anymore and they, so Mike I think someone's going to hear
6: you you're going to give away your location Mike someone's going to hear you
3: Ryan
1: well, it's it's platitudes and buzzwords. It's it's uh, emptiness. It's a lack of precision, and so I mean, yes, it, it's nice, you, you know, to see people charitably go into the hospital and visit someone, and, you know, and have good conversations. Um, a lot of us do that all the time, actually. Anybody who's a normal human being has encounters. Anyone who's a normal human being, you know, meets people here and there, you know, and they they talk. And they, they, they have, they share experiences, they do things that kind of open up, makes them interesting. Uh, you know, maybe they want to learn more. Some people need a harder approach. And, they, you know, as God leads you, if you're faithful to prayer, God will lead you. This one needs a little more, you know, you need a little umph in your your uh. uh your effort, but every single thing is proselytization. Even if you're not actually, and there's a quote attributed to St. Francis, he didn't actually say it, but it works though. Preach always and if necessary, use words. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense, right? Because it's human. It's what we do. We meet people in all these conversations and, and sometimes, sometimes we have an opportunity. We have an opening to bring in the faith. Mine's history usually. And it's a way I can discuss the faith in a way that's more, that, that that for people who are not interested in it or who are have been hurt in religious group settings before, it's a safer way to bring it in. It's something that's else that just kind of grows a little bit, bring in a little more, okay. And and, and that that's kind of you know how, how you do things. Your goal is to convert these people to the faith, one way or the other. However, it's going to happen, and whether you're going to plant the seeds. Um, and so when you sit there and say, oh, this is all about an encounter. we we, we don't have proselytism. It's, it's like, what exactly do you mean by proselytism?
4: Well, it's like when the, they, when they mean, use the word encounter, this is a buzzword right. word that they use. It's, it's sort
1: a, buzzword like it a buzzword. means respect all religions. Don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel of the United Nations or yeah. whatever. Oh, it's, the. It's like what they say. Is. We want to just dialogue. We don't want to convert anybody. We just right. want to have a dialogue with people, Brother Martin. We
4: just want to dialogue. The only person who's not dialogued with are the Fab Four.
3: The exactly. We are not
4: dialogued with!
3: I'll be
6: honest. To everybody to everybody watching, all the 476 people watching, my favorite question to ask somebody, because I'm Augustinian and many people are aware of the, the Confessions of St. Augustine and how he had his existential crisis, my favorite question to start everything is, what's the purpose of your life? Stuns, stuns anybody that I ask them because they don't really know. And, and that's the beginning of the way I begin sharing the gospel with people, talking with them uh, and they begin to share their lives. I begin to share my experience of, of my conversion, et cetera, et cetera. It's not that hard. It's not. It's not like we, you know, we go slap people in the face with a catechism, you know. It's simply, what what is our purpose? Why are we here? We're human beings. We exist. Why? You know. And this is very, this, this is a very Augustinian method. As I said, we read the Confession of St. Augustine. He asked himself these, these these same questions, and then he heard a voice uh, saying, "Totally alleged, Take and read, looking at the Gospels, and you read. Um. It's not that hard, and, and neither is it something like um, being a salesman where you're trying to sell somebody something that they don't want. Um, it's simply sharing with someone the reason we exist, the answer to the question, where is happiness in this life? I mean, I was reading uh, Aquinas' commentary on the metaphysics today because of a class, and he mentions you know, the purpose for our knowledge is, is, is for man searching for happiness, it, knowledge, which, which includes happiness. Everything is about the, the question, the longing that we all have to be happy, the longing that we have to be puf- fulfilled. This is the question everybody is. When you go to the coffee shop, the person serving your coffee is wanting to be happy, but they don't know where, where to find it. How are you going to introduce that to them? When you go to, uh, I guess, uh, ho- the home goods store to get some whatever, something for your kitchen, the person that's checking you out is, is longing for happiness. How are you going to share that with them? The person asking you, hey, are you finding everything you need? How are you, you going to share that gospel with them? Etc. etcetera, etc. Cetera. So it, it depends on how you I didn't I didn't read what you said, Ryan. Right, right. Yeah, Ryan has
4: he... to go. Apparently, Ryan has something more important than the rundown. Let's get to the unpops. Can we go to the unpops? Ryan, uh well, no, we always start with Steve traditionally. Right, go first, He's <laughs> got to run. Okay, Ryan, right, give them the unpop. Ryan, go.
1: Okay. Um, I actually didn't have one prepared this week. Um All right, so you have yours prepared I'll on Monday. What are you talking about? <laughs> for anyone in this, in this group, but I just drove 3,600 miles. I just drove down to the Texas, the aforementioned Lone Star State. And I drove back uh, all the way. And uh, the vast empty spaces of Wyoming and Montana are sufficient proof to me that there is no, that overpopulation is a, is a complete myth and a lie. And anybody who believes that, uh, has no critical thinking apparatus available in their brain. They, they're simply blind followers that accept whatever, and have never really traveled to places that have uh, that, that are quite as expansive oh, as man. that. If they had, they would not believe in overpopulation.
4: I have literally, ha- I've had this same thought. Right, this is a good one. If you've ever driven across the country, you know that there's like tons of room. There's tons of room. Even just driving across Indiana, which is a little skinny state, you can get from, like, border to border, east to westbound, in, like, two and a half hours. There's nobody there.
7: There's no one. There's a study that says you could fit everybody in Tennessee. Everybody the in the planet could fit in Tennessee was according to a study. With
6: how many acres for each?
7: Yeah, with room to go. Yeah, they had room. Yeah. Now, I, was I, I saw
4: one with that DeVise said, going. like, I saw the one that, you, that said you could fit ten billion people in Texas, and it would be no, it would be no more populated than Manhattan is. Now Manhattan's pretty populated. I used to live there. Uh, I, I wouldn't ever want to live there. My my heart goes out to people who do live there. Get out! <laughs> but uh, but if you could fit everybody in Texas, that leaves like six continents totally unpopulated. So it's hard to be anything but a. Climate change denier, climate change denier, climate
7: change denier. Uh, Steve, you're next. (laughs) Uh, Um, Bob, Um, I'll go with the we're not serious. Uh, You see everything going down across the world. Uh, If you're paying any sort of attention, you see the problems and how bad it's going to get, the worse it's going to get. There's, I mean, it's not trying to black pill. We are Catholics we just showing her hey, there's storm clouds coming. It's going to rain. Grab an umbrella or a rain jacket. <clears throat> are we? Are we doing the penance? You see the people talking about this Vatican three thing. I, I responded to everybody that sent me a text about. it. Seems like it might be time to do some penance. Seems like seems like a good time to do some penance. Just saying. I don't know. People complaining about the the Holy Father. People complaining about what's going on. The transhumanism conference coming up. Um. Uh, <clears throat> How many are doing penance versus tweeting? How many people are praying harder than tweeting or posting on Facebook or texting each other about how, blogging about how bad things are? Do something about it. You got the chance to do something about it? Do it. You got, Mike and I have been talking about the Holy Face thing. We're blue in the face. I have about 500 images behind me. I've given away about 300 of them in the last two weeks. What are you doing to do something about the problems out there. Are you offering enough communions? Are we helping the priest out? Cooking for them? S- help sending whoever, like the uh, Redemptorist in New Zealand, you sending them uh, vitamins or whatever? Helping their gas? Brothers needing something? Are you sending him anything? <clears throat> Are you down on your knees begging for mercy? Probably, I don't know, and I'm just saying, not all of us, I know not all of us, but if you're one of those that are complaining all the time and aren't doing a thing about it, shut your mouth and hit your knees. Uh,
4: okay, uh, brother Martin.
6: First of all, I want to take this opportunity of having this this time on the microphone to say I, I saw a comment in the live chat earlier, something about throwing Steve off or whatever. I I, I great I greatly dislike it, only because I mean, as I said we, weeks before. Um, On the rundown, we're all friends, and we all have one thing in common, which is really the, the real solution in in all of these times, which is which is the the desire to grow in holiness, for prayer, uh, and these are the real solutions. It's it's not our, our opinions on politics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, these things we talk about because we need to talk about them um, as guys, as as as, as four. I mean, this is, this is how guys hang out. We, we, we debate topics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we butt heads, but we do so, even though they, they might look aggressive, we do so in, in friendship and we do so in charity, et cetera. Uh, but all four of us agree on the solution. And the solution is that we need to pray more. We need to, we need to live the commandments, the 10, the 10 commandments that our Lord gave us. Um, because in the old Testament, I mean, it was prayer, almsgiving, righteousness, um, that, that merited the, the favor of God. And, and all four of us here believe in that. Um, so I want, just want to reiterate that again on the rundown, that, that all four of us agree on the most essential topic, is that, that we all need to get serious about being saints. And I don't mean just believing the right things, but I mean living what we believe. And that's the hardest part. The easiest part is believing the truth. The hardest part is living it. Um, uh, and I think we all need to seriously consider whether or not we're we're legitimately doing that. All of us need to cons- consider whether or not we're legitimately living the truth that we constantly are saying we believe because if we're not, well, then we're hypocrites. And so I think we need to take a second to to reconsider that. My unpopular opinion if that, if that wasn't unpopular enough. um oh shoot, I kind of lost track of thought after that. okay, I know, but I have an unpopular opinion. Um I, I I would say it's possibly that is, is the fact that there are no <laughs> all the bishops in the United States, they're company men. Um I think we all in a sense love Bishop Strickland when he when he tweets things that are according to the truth. I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but if, if Bishop Strickland were such a great bishop, why doesn't he have an army of priests that say the same things that he does? online, because you think that if there were his priests, they'd have the freedom to say the same things that he does without any sort of punishment coming at him. However, the only priests I know from the diocese of of Tyler are anonymous precisely because they know the chancery will go after him uh, after them. So if you think that Bishop Strickland is a great Bishop because of his tweets, I, my unpopular opinion is to strongly urge, I strongly urge you to reconsider the fact that there are any good bishops left. Bishop Athanasius Schneider, I mean, he's an auxiliary bishop, so he doesn't really have the ordinary jurisdiction that any bishop has. He can't really do much. All he really can do is do what he's doing is, is since touring the continent, um, preaching the truth, but that's really what he's limited to. So I, I wouldn't expect anyone to place their, the salvation of the world in his hands. Um, Archbishop Cordelione, I had a conversation with a priest that had a conversation with him. And he said that the, the reason why he doesn't excommunicate uh, Nancy Pelosi is because he's afraid of uh, Pope Francis coming down on him. Now, if Archbishop of Leone was, is more afraid of Pope Francis than God, I scratch him off the list of good bishops as well. So if you're, if you're asking yourself, where are the good bishops? Oh, this bishop was good. Oh, this, you know, Archbishop of Vigano. Again, actually. I've known a lot of priests and seminarians that have sent him letters that have gotten nothing in response. And they sent them to the famous, the, the famous journalists as well. So they're for sure getting to him, but he's he's simply ignoring them. If you're telling yourself that there are good bishops left, there are none, period, point blank. There are no good bishops left. That's my unpopular opinion.
4: Oh, my goodness. Guys, I am going to have to dust off my all-time most unpopular opinion for all of Tradville. This is going (laughs) – I have to use – I have to go thermonuclear tonight to beat all of you. Because your opinions were pretty unpopular, except for yours, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to win the poll. And the poll is whose opinion is objectively the most unpopular to you, to your ears, whose opinion is most unpopular. And my opinion is this. Vigano is all talk, no action. All talk, no action, Archbishop Vigano. Look, I'm sure he's... I'm sure he believes what he says. I like reading his articles. I think it's great that he's putting out the V-drops. The V-drops every week. They're like cute drops, but they're V for Vigano. And I know a lot of you love Archbishop Vigano, but you know what? He hasn't ordained a young man. He hasn't consecrated a bishop. He's done nothing to further tradition besides show up to Michael Match things and be like, hey, Vatican II sucks. Well, yeah, we know Vatican II sucks. We all know that.
5: We've been saying that for
4: years.
1: <laughs> he's not even so died the is, prep.
4: He's talking no action. 52 years on active service. Didn't lift a finger when he was active duty. Now that he's retired, he issues some some stuff from an undisclosed location. We don't even know if people are actually chasing the guy. He says he's running for his life, but he shows up with Michael Matt in Germany, stands next to the guy. So my unpopular opinion is, it's time to get serious, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for action. It's time to go back to the catacombs, which is why RTF is now in the catacombs. This is not (sighs) a green screen behind me. This is the real thing, baby. This is the real thing. Did they wear a muscle wall. on that flight to Germany? I am underground right now. I am underground in an undisclosed bunker location. And that's where the church is going. So let's ensure the tradition survives by ordaining some young men, Archbishop Vigano. I don't want another blog post. I can post <laughs> blogs. Steve can post blogs. Ryan, you can post blogs. Breathe. I want ordained men. I want 25 new priests in 2022 Archbishop Vigano. If you're watching this, I want 25 new priests. That's what I want. If you care about tradition, I want 25 new priests. And short of that, you're all talk, no action. Am I going to win just this go week?
1: Full Alex Jones? <laughs> <laughs>
7: Am I going to win frogs in this photo?
6: You could. Mike, 25 new <laughs> priests from Vigano.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm serious, though, guys. I'm not effing around here. I'm done with this crap. Okay. All right, grifter segment. All right, grifters. <sighs> okay, I took a
3: breath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, grift us. <laughs> okay. So first, thank you to uh, everyone in Mater Dei in uh, Irving, Texas, that had made the um, made that talk, uh, you know, come to fruition. It was a great time. And again, uh, thanks to the Spokane Chesterton Society for having me uh, last night to speak about Chesterton's book, The Flying Inn. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend reading that book. And otherwise, um, November is on the way. Remember, remember the 2nd of November, the uh, the Day of Holy Souls, All Souls Day, and all the, all the wonderful masses and whatnot. And it's time to get yourself a purgatorial manual. If you haven't gotten one yet and so i uh, present to you if you haven't already gotten it the all souls forget me not it's a wonderful book that we uh, republished i have it here in hardcover as well as in paperback uh it, it's a fantastic book with uh uh different manners of assisting at mass okay it's got uh you know extra prayers different prayers the rosary litanies it's got some testimonials of uh, saints who spoke from purgatory it's got a little bit on the doctrine of purgatory. It's got all kinds of great things. It's a it has the full office of the dead in it uh, from nineteen oh one or something like that. Whenever this book was published, so uh, way pre fifty five. So you've got uh, you know everything. This is going to be the book club in uh, for uh, go, changing over this weekend for the next month. So everyone who renews after the seventeenth, this is what you're getting in hardcover. Uh, and so, if you're not part of the book club, uh, you may subscribe to it. And if you're not going to do that, then at least get this uh, for November. That's all I got.
7: Steve, grift us. Yeah, it's really not a grift, but uh, I'm sure you guys know the uh, – I got Holy Face Oil on oh, wow. the oratory. Oh, got about man. five five of them. If you know the story by Leo DuPont, he's the – by Pius IX, he was called the greatest miracle work in the history of the church because he was using uh, the oil from the lamp he was burning by the image. <clears throat> if you want, uh, there's a link on the Father Matteo challenge. Scroll down, you'll see booklets and oil. And these guys sent me a bunch of booklets like this, some scapulars with the Holy Face cross on there, uh, a screenshots of Saint the the Martin family when they signed up for the the Archbishop fraternity and uh, a few other things, prayer cards of Leo, but this is the, this is the oil that burns by the lamp at the oratory. So if you wanted go check out the Mateo challenge link at the bottom of it, there's a link to it. You just send them a message. They might get back to you in a month or so. Just be patient. They'll ask you for your address and you send them a donation for it afterwards. But uh, that'd be my thing just to promote the, uh, promote the devotion a little bit more and maybe get people to go to the penance the you know, challenge for the rest of the month. There you go. <sighs> Brother Martin.
6: First of all, um, to address the reason why many of us have been, or uh, the rundown is bouncing back and forth between week and week on, on <laughs> our times. I just want to reiter- reiterate that the four members of the rundown actually like take their vocation seriously. And that's, and and our podcast isn't something that's really high on any of our lists. Um, And so, if anybody has any objections to or complaints about um, the bouncing around of times, it's simply because that we're, like I said earlier, that holiness comes number one. Our vocations is our path to holiness, our path to heaven, number one. And a podcast is just kind of fun, it's a game. Um, uh, If you haven't done your mental prayer yet and you've watched the entire run round, you should have done your, your mental prayer before you've. Uh, you watch this this rundown Uh, i think we've said that many times before um we do this simply to to share with you ideas but i mean your your holiness our holiness comes comes first and foremost um second thing i'd like to say is that the uh, next week i'll be announcing where the old blaze of st augustine are where we're located
3: (laughs) Um,
6: i'm finally i'm finally glad to be able to announce this to you but everything is set in order (laughs) um and i'll be sharing with you guys where we are and, and what we plan on doing in the future so I'm very grateful that uh, this opportunity is finally a ride for uh, a ride for us that I get to share this opportunity with you guys uh, and to, and to share how we're going with you guys. Um, I think that's, I think that's all I have to grift. What?
2: So,
6: I think, I mean, you can go to our website, to, to to figure out how you can help us and how you can help us grow. I mean, we're a new community doing obviously the, the traditional Latin mass. Um, Feel free to share a link, help us out. We have bills to pay, et cetera, et cetera, as everybody else. And and no matter what the, the, the bishops decide, no matter what the, the synod of synod, synod on synod alley decides, we're just gonna keep the faith. Um to be honest, I I have this really serene sense of peace about all of this because I know I got uh, our Lord will provide for all for, for us and for those of us that want the, the traditional Latin mass, um and the, the traditional Catholic faith. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to suffer anything that I have to suffer just simply to, to live this out. Um, I'm not afraid to be cold. I'm not, I'm not afraid to be hungry. Um, so if I seem like I'm not very pushy about it, that's, that's why.
4: Okay. I'm not grifting this week, but I just want to thank the, um, subscribers to the channel. People who like the Facebook page, even though the Facebook page is being suppressed. Um, I want to thank everybody who is a who is a patron who um, helps support this thing. Uh, I'm not paying a monthly fee to be able to use this new streaming technology, which is awesome and I love it, and it gives us a lot more tools, a lot more control, and it's uh, it's a much better show experience. Um, and I especially want to thank there's an anonymous benefactor who who gave me enough money to buy a new computer. Thank God, so now I have a new computer, and uh, that makes all of this possible. I just want to say thank you so much, and thank you for watching. It's the rundown. Thanks so much.
3: I was about to taste you guys how long